0: Hello everyone and welcome to the Housewives Archives, a podcast where we discuss in great depth all things real housewives. I completely balls that up, I'm going to do it again. <laughs> That's
1: the intro. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you might as well, I mean we say yeah, the same funny. thing yeah, every week, no, no. I don't think that there's any need. My name's Nunn, <laughs> and joining me is <laughs> my co-host and my very own Margarita, it's James Evans.
1: Oh, I, how are you?
0: I'm good. Do you remember Margarita?
1: Do I remember Margarita?
0: Yeah. What do you mean? The drink. I wasn't calling you the drink. No. Who's Margarita? The lady's host in Cartagena, oh, the very aptly of named course, Margarita. Of course, of
1: course. Yeah, I remember getting really cross with the women when they first came in and she introduced herself and then Ramona was going, "Oh, Margarita." And I was like, "No, don't get distracted by the drinks, Ramona." And then it came up saying, "Oh, actually her name is Margarita." <laughs> okay. <laughs> <fair> enough, <Ramona. laughs> Oh, of course that poor woman It's was fair for
0: you to jump to that conclusion that poor woman who probably was responsible the bullshit she had to put literally yes. cleaning up their <laughs> shit <laughs>
1: just a load of bulls running around the house shitting all over the place god help us all
0: (laughs) oh god help us for this episode how am I I'm good I'm excited to talk about Cartagena I'm excited to really pick apart the absolute shit show that was
1: Tinsley's first trip I have everything prepared I've got my Sophia Vergara wig ready to go I've got my bikini with the tag still on I've got my Lisa Rinna Depends in preparation I'm (laughs) I'm ready to hit the ground running
0: I've had my dry cleaner has just dropped off a dress that's been worn by Beyonce I'm I'm Raring, raring to go. But do you
1: have the feather earrings? Because that completes the ensemble.
0: Earring, please. Oh yeah, sorry. Yeah,
1: singular. <laughs> <laughs> Crucially,
0: it's only it's only cool, Carol, if you wear just one. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> like some sort of strange, like Captain Morgan Rum advert when she comes down those stairs. Exactly.
1: It's a risky game, though, with Luanne present to kind of like dress up, like hinting anything to do with pirate cosplay. Sure. You know, sure. She's slip into old habits again. <laughs> Uh, Oh, where do we even begin? It's a nice kind of package. It is very much just like a trilogy of three episodes, one after the other. Mm. There's no faffing about with New York scenes, apart from at the very beginning of the first scene where we open... And production have dug out the kind of the, the generic Hispanic music from the archives to play over the B-roll <laughs> footage of the cityscape. So we know they're about to go on holiday before we've even seen the sort of obligatory montage of the ladies packing.
0: We get, yes, obligatory montage of the ladies packing and the crucial information that Ramona, as she sort of sidesteps, oh it's a bit God. like she's skiing, she sidesteps up the sidewalk.
1: Yeah, she's like a crab. She's horizontal (laughs) for some reason.
0: And then we get the glorious talking head that she informs us that um, whilst on a holiday with twenty of her closest friends,
1: so it was an intimate gathering. Of course,
0: twenty. I 20 know twenty of her closest friends in Marrakesh. That's chaos. So is it in Marrakesh that she was on the phone and she took a misstep and where she instead of stepping to the elevator, she stepped down a staircase. <laughs>
1: I, th- I think it, it was quite. It was kind of unclear, but I think that's what happened.
0: Which can I just jump in and say easily done because I once was out clubbing in Cambridge in the glorious Lola Lows, remember? Oh
1: my god, yeah, I used to be a rap for them. Stop <laughs> <laughs> For a hot second, I was. And then I had to stop. This is really sad because another girl (laughs) in my college started doing it and she had more friends than me. So I I, I was outpaced.
0: (laughs) Lola Lowe's was like a sort of tiki inspired three story club that opened in our second year and was Mm -hmm. the most exciting thing to happen, I think, in our three years at Cambridge. It was
1: a bit of glamour. Well,
0: mainly because the top floor was like open to the stars. The top floor was, um, had no roof and was where you could smoke. So I was, of course, up there chugging away <laughs> on my on my pack of yeah. Marlboro Lights and uh, having drunk quite a lot. And I was chatting to someone at the top of the staircase and I gestured with my hand and I accidentally hit my friend who I was talking to. So I took a step back to get him out of my range of gesticulation and stepped back off the top of the staircase. <gasps> And, oh, James, that gasp, that... Ellie! (laughs) God, you were really feeling that.
1: (laughs) I just forget what a good storyteller I am. I was with you uh, every step of the way.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And I forward rolled down the stairs... I went over my head twice, landed at the bottom and had this incredible streak of blood just across my face. (gasps) And I had knocked myself out and like a crowd gathered and people thought I was dead. And then they had to call an ambulance and I got taken to (laughs) hospital. Did you still have your
1: cigarette hanging out of your mouth? (laughs) Fagash Ellie, lying at the bottom of the stairs.
0: (laughs) Ah, Fagash Ellie, I knew her well. Um... I I feel like I was just, I was one head bump away from being like an old wives tale for new students. But no, like Ramona, I just got a mild concussion. She got a sprained ankle. We're the lucky ones.
1: But I'm sorry, this is as good as an argument as any to have these women filmed 24 hours a day, rain or shine, (laughs) because... I would pay a mortgage, put a mortgage on my non-existent house to get the footage of Ramona falling down the stairs in Morocco.
0: I know, I'm gutted that we missed that. So Ramona is um, making quite the song and dance about her twisted ankle. I have to say, having sprained my ankle in the past, I mean, I actually couldn't walk when I, so I was on crutches when I sprained ankle. Ramona has an odd middle ground where she's able to kind of crab step. So she can walk. I believe that it really hurts, but she does seem to pick and choose these moments where she suddenly needs a wheelchair. On the trip.
1: Exactly. Like she wants to wear a stiletto. She refuses to wear a flat right. <laughs> shoe to go out looking for men, but also wants a wheelchair, which is where we then find. Her, because don't we then kind of just cut immediately? We have like the plane. We just landing. jump cut to
0: her in the wheelchair. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So she, Ramona's done an Aviva dresser and she's, she's booked a wheelchair for herself very much to announce that she has arrived. And it's always so funny. I don't know if you've noticed this about Luan. Luan is very, she's very head girly when all the women are together yeah. in group and she always has to be like, okay, girls, let's hit it as they get in the car or something. <laughs> and, Ramona's faffing about. She's trying to flirt with this guy who's wheeling her around. And Bethany's like, got the car door open. And she's like, you're like a 90-year-old. Get your fucking ass in the car. And then Luann's like, she's such a cow. She's such a cow. (laughs) It's a nice moment of bonding for the two of them.
0: And then in, in their car journey, I have to say, I don't know if you noticed this, but we talk a lot about how Bethany is very is very good at the show. She's very good at making with enormous ease events happen in a way that I think we really buy is as close to normal life or how they would be in real life as possible. But we there's a moment in the car journey from the airport where I think Bethany actually does a very shoddy job of this, which is she immediately is plugging this thing with this guy, Brian. and. Yes. It really stands out. No one brings it up. No one asks about it. She sort of just gets her phone out and sort of goes, God, this guy Brian's really messaging me all the time and insistent. And it, it sticks out like a sore thumb because it's very un-Bethany and it feels very like laying the foundations for what obviously will become quite a, a big thing in the trip. And it just really stuck out to me in the episode as quite a poor job of that.
1: No, absolutely. Yeah, she's very much sowing the seed. No, and I'm glad that you noticed that as well, because I was thinking the same thing. I was like, mm, this, isn't, this isn't your best work, Bethany. No, be it, Bethany. Feels, it
0: just feels very forced. And it feels yeah. forced partly because if it was someone we hadn't seen on the show, then maybe it wouldn't seem that much. But where we left them was at this speed dating, for anyone who hasn't seen it, the episode before, they've all been at a a speed dating event in which this man, Brian, has been massively plugged by the show and introduced his key, and he's got this bright red scarf that I don't believe for a second he wasn't told to wear by the producers. Mm -hmm. he, He might as well be holding, like, a bunch of flowers. And from the top of the event, the woman running it has said she thinks he'd be good for Carol. Ramona walks in and immediately is, like, salivating over him and trying to win him over it then turns out he sort of says he's there for bethany and they have very good chemistry and and chat on screen so i think the reason that bethany plugging his insistence in the car feels weird is because we've just seen bethany appear to enjoy the attention from him right and be very back and forth And if anything, I think she herself had a bit of a smugness at that event to their, Mm -hmm. their interaction, especially with Ramona liking him on top. There was definitely an enjoyment. So I think what sticks out is her suddenly being like, Oh, my God, this guy, Brian, it's a bit gross. He's so insistent. Doesn't match up every every episode about seven (laughs) minutes in. I start to burp from. I think you know why it is. I think it's just be- before we record. I start like downing my cup of coffee so that it's nearly done, and mm. then it just like slowly makes its way back up, at, like on cue. At this point, every oh
1: Ellie, I want you to feel comfortable. You can sip your coffee while we're filming. I'm what are you my, um, sipping? I'm I'm trying to do Atkins.
0: Stop. <laughs> You're not doing Atkins.
1: No, I am. Because I'll tell you for why. I have what Sonia would call a little pooch. And I just want to get rid of it <laughs> once and for all. And I can't afford to go to her off-brand doctor who's not really a doctor to get it um sucked oh my out. god,
0: james that's why we find poochie so funny
1: oh of course yeah because
0: sonia calls it her little pooch
1: i knew it was somewhere in the recesses of our brain yeah, it's yeah. your poochie yeah yeah it's my little poochie and but yes um, i think it might be a carbs issue oh sorry you want me to stop talking about <laughs> <pooch>? okay <laughs> Carry on. I mean, I never want you <laughs> to
0: stop talking about your pooch. But I love that we were just saying about getting bogged down in smaller details. And I feel like potentially us going down the Atkins Road could be one of those. I feel like your pooch. I could talk about your pooch forever.
1: No, this might be a candidate for a deleted scene. Um, so yeah. <laughs>
0: So, yes, but I feel like I was getting bogged down, which is all I mean is that it seems odd because it doesn't quite match with the behaviour we've seen in the episode before. So that's Bethany plugging Brian in the car. Also, what happens here is that we 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 see some of Cartagena and we see them arriving at the house. And and I have to say, do you remember when I first watched this episode, I was messaging you being like, I want to go to Cartagena and I, mm-hmm. I think he was somewhat perplexed <laughs> that, <laughs> that I could watch that I could watch that episode, this series of episode, and my takeaway could be I want to go to Cartagena. But because at that point I was I was right there with Luann saying the architecture is like New Orleans and Cuba. Like
1: I actually completely got what she absolutely said.
0: Absolutely yeah. beautiful, and the house is beautiful.
1: I love that in particular in the house they had these like random holes just in the floor for Ramona to step in and. sprain her other ankle do you remember that bit when they're getting the tour and no it's an absolutely delightful house it doesn't happen to be by the sea so that's just we'll just put a pin in that for one moment but it's a beautiful house it's in a great area and you know it's adorned with all sorts of staff members and drinks that you could want and tiffany this is tiffany Tiffany. (laughs) and tinsley Who's Tiffany? Tinsley, this is her trip. She's kind of taken the reins on this. And it's quite nice to see her playing tour guide mm. because she's been to to Columbia many times before. Even though she doesn't know anything about it. Nothing she can tell you what all. their leading industries were or anything. But anyway, she's come up with this ingenious idea to hand out rooms. It's a bit convoluted, um it's but it's so very convoluted. civilized. And it's Tiffany sponsored. They
0: but what's so funny about it is that they all they all really go in for it. Even though, as you say, it's like way more convoluted and makes about I mean like picking names out of a hat is way simpler, and yet, right. what is it that they they go around the rooms and someone picks a box in each room they go to, but then it that doesn't mean it's their room; it's the room of whoever. No, so they get
1: they get a box at the beginning. So each of them, it's like okay, pick a box, and the thinking is okay, like you open it, and then that has a number on it or something. And then mm. means you can pick first, but it's everyone picks a box and then you have to hold onto the box as you're walking around the house and they go into the right. first room and then someone randomly will be like, okay, Dorinda, open your box. And then it'll have Sonia's name on.
0: But the- what dictates the order of who gets to...
1: Exactly. Yeah. It's- but
0: also like you say, even if you were like, Dorinda, open the box, but then it's not Dorinda's room. It's exactly. It's. Yeah. <laughs> it's like- I
1: mean, I think the way it's genius is that it's really placated Ramona and Sonia because they've just like thrown something shiny at them and it's like really distracted literally what i mean they're like a couple of crows
0: but also it's so misleading isn't it because it consequently is one of the only trips in housewives existence not to begin with the crazy room race drama which gives this impression that it's going to be a positive drama free trip i think it's like a it's a weird false start because actually it's really smooth sailing they all have like you say their little shiny things I would
1: say that's why it was you
0: think that cursed it?
1: I know that you disagree with me I really do miss Ramona and Sonia running around the house screaming like banshees no I, I, I agree really, it, just, it, it just feels like a tradition at this point it didn't feel right not having yeah. that, you know. so then we have a weird scene a very unnerving scene because again it's another moment where Ramona's acting completely out of character where she decides to go into the kitchen and introduce herself to the staff there and she asks what they're up to and it's very unnerving She goes up to them and her eyes are really wide and she starts prattling on about how how she loves to learn about new cuisines. (laughs) As if she's like suddenly Nigella Lawson or something. And but it's also like she says that she loves all these new cuisines and she can't wait to try all the stuff. But also in the same breath, she's saying, like, but I won't eat anything that has butter in it. You know, that very niche (laughs) ingredient. So you better make something especially for me. And then she's introduced to the cook who is named ramona and i think that the show did a shoddy job of not lingering on that moment a bit longer it's a wasted opportunity there could have been a spin-off in the works anyway (sighs) and ramona the chef tells ramona the goblin yeah (laughs) (laughs) ramona tells the goblin ramona that they are eating a fish soup which bethany we all know is deathly allergic to. And to that Ramona goes oh okay.
0: Well it's an odd one isn't it because it definitely feels like the producers basically were like Ramona why don't you just go to the kitchen and ask what you're having for lunch like she doesn't seem to know why she's there and it does feel like they've sent her basically for the purpose of will she work out that they're eating fish and it doesn't even become a storyline particularly it's not like Bethany then gets really upset that Ramona didn't say anything. It's just like you say it's it's a scene Bethany almost dies. It's (laughs) just We'll get on to that. Um but it's a scene where with different music underneath it could look very intentional and evil. But it does it's just a weird plinky blonky moment of Ramona having no awareness
1: on a lesser housewives show it would be a big duh, duh, duh moment wouldn't it but that's what i love about it is rona's just been like oh okay and then off of that it's like oh that reminds me i can't eat butter so it yes. seems like it's on her brain about dietary requirements but she still doesn't take the bait <laughs> but it, oh, it is weird
0: what it. now happens which i have to say when you're saying like as we all know bethany's allergic to fish because fair enough that the show may may just not show it a lot, but mm-hmm. I wouldn't know off the top of my head that Bethany was allergic to fish because I don't feel that it's not like we've seen every time they go to a restaurant or... But like, I, I do understand they may just not show this on the show, but I've never seen her arrive at, on one of the trips or at a restaurant and be like, I can't have fish. That's very, very important. Right. I feel a little bit like we get this after this happens, it's almost like it reminds her that now she has to make quite a big deal about the fish allergy. Now, I just have to preface this by saying that I'm anaphylactic. And so I am allergic to something which means that, you know, it's I carry an EpiPen and I've gone into anaphylactic shock a couple of times in the past. I didn't know
1: that.
0: You, have you, I unwittingly
1: fed you something? Have I done a Ramona? I and mean, then you've been like silently having... Did you
0: actually not know that? No, I don't think I did. That's so oh. strange. I to be fair and also to be fair to Bethany in a way I do forget to say it quite often because the things I'm allergic to are really particular so it's not so I'm allergic to paracetamol and I'm not fed paracetamol very often I'm not given something with paracetamol where I have to check it's I I have quite a lot of control over whether I ingest it or not mm-hmm. and so I don't tend to to remember to tell people that I have anaphylaxis, but I feel like fish is quite a big one. Anyway, what happens next is really weird to me because Bethany, don't get me wrong, she does start having what happens when you go into anaphylactic shock. So for me, it's like the inside of your ears get really itchy and then the inside of your mouth and then you break out in hives and then your throat starts closing and then you die. (laughs) (laughs) Like, obviously (laughs) over a period of time, but... To me, it's odd because if I was to start having an anaphylactic reaction, I would, there is no, like, I'm going to be fine. I would go and take, she does say I need a Benadryl because that's what you have to do first is you take an antihistamine and that tries to counter it. But if you've taken too much or ingested too much of the thing you're allergic to, the next step is that you need, an EpiPen and I find it odd what happens because Bethany starts saying about how her mouth is itching but then she does this weird thing where she keeps being like no I'm fine I'm fine and I'm like well you're not you have anaphylaxia so just do the things you need to do and then we get Mm. this really weird cutaway shot of her sort of shaking and crying on the bathroom floor having been sick and I think what I find odd is that that's not what happens I mean people maybe other people will you know write in and say that it has to them but it's not a stomach bug anaphylaxia it's you go off and you take your stuff yeah. and I also find it weird because in that shot she's wearing little grey pyjamas and stuff but then the shot after they're all back in the clothes that they were just wearing I don't think the shot of her on the floor I'm calling out the editors on this I think that was Ooh. from something else and I think they put it in there to look like the result of her having an but shot but, it,
1: but it's but it's not. I did think that at the time, just seeing, I didn't catch that there was an inconsistency, but I noticed that she changed into some sweats or whatever, but I, I'm not allergic to anything. So I wouldn't know, but that would be like the last thing on my mind. If I thought I was genuinely going to die is to like take off my, clothes. I'd be doing like everything else before. I just
0: don't believe that that bit, I think that they inserted that to make it look like that was a follow on from her having an allergic reaction to the fish. But I think either she was vomiting on another night or later that night because she ate something bad. Or out of stress, or out of everything that was going on. I think right. they try to make the fish allergic reaction storyline a bigger storyline than it was because I, I just don't believe that that's from that bit.
1: Well, it is funny because no one really seems to care. Like she eats some of the fish. No, and, she and is, if like, it was
0: that bad, it would people would care. Right?
1: No, they're all like chirping on about the food, how good it is, and their necklaces. Ramona, <laughs> Ramona sits in a chair that's a bit shorter than she was expecting, and she goes whoa. <laughs> And like, they're all talking about Ramona's chair while Bethany is apparently, you know, having this really bad To
0: be honest, I think what the editors tried to do was, because I think what actually happened was she went, oh God, my mouth's really itching. I'm having an allergic reaction. I need a Benadryl. I think what happened was that she went off, took a Benadryl, came down and then we get the next, the next scene is her being like, yeah, it's crazy. Look, I'm coming out in hives and then sitting down. And I think that that's just the next thing that happened. Mm -hmm. And I think the editors tried to put in the shot of her on the bathroom floor being sick from whatever other reason to sow this idea that's very important for this trip of othering Bethany and the women just not being into Bethany at the moment and not caring. And they tried to build this idea like she's being sick and crying in the bathroom. And as you say, the others are just like sat yapping around the table, not having time for it. And I don't think that's what was actually happening. I think she was just off taking an antihistamine.
1: Do you think it was an attempt to... Victimized, Bethany? Was it meant to curry sympathy with the audience? Or do you think it was just... In-
0: I don't know, because I think even when you watch that bit, even if you're thinking that Bethany is really unwell, for some reason it doesn't garner sympathy. It sort of all lends itself, I feel, to a sense that Bethany's just a lot on that trip and she's... I think what it does do very successfully is to other her and to make very clear that she's coming into that trip with such a different energy to all of the others. And every time anyone seems to try, I think it's put very well by Carol. In fact, I think Carol says it twice she has a talking head where she says when Bethany is unhappy she's going to make everyone else miserable she's going to make sure mm-hmm. everyone else is miserable and i think there's another one where she's saying if Bethany's having a bad time she's going to make sure everyone else has a bad time and i think that that's what that shot does relatively successfully is to show that Bethany isn't going to provide the backbone to the trip that she perhaps normally does and that there's i think it sets up the energy that the rest of the trip has
1: it's definitely an interesting um case study in bethany losing her influence over the wind because like you say when carol says that bethany seems to sort of dictate the the mood of the gathering at any given time sometimes that happens with people and it can be a really good thing because some people are just they just have something about them where they are an infectious personality and whatever but bethany seems to do that out of a sense of because she's not and fun to be around necessarily. It's just because she is top dog, and there's that sense of like, oh, we all better be in a good mood because Bethany is.
0: Well, I think she. Well, I think she can be fun because I think when she's on, when she's when she likes you, she's very funny, and she's very like the women freaking light up whenever one of them are on Bethany's team for the series. To be honest, I mean, I've worked. I remember working with one person in particular where it was absolutely that thing. And I think the person I worked with shared in common with Bethany that they almost spent the least time with all of us. That thing of being the last one there and the first one to leave. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they almost gave, they held their cards quite close to their chest and they gave the least. And I remember them dictating the mood so much. This was backstage on a show where whenever they were in a bad mood, everyone was like walking on eggshells and... Every, it just drained all of the energy. And the second that they ever made a joke or came in in a good mood, whatever, it was like a bank holiday. Everyone like lit up and everyone was making jokes and everyone felt like that. They- and I think Bethany has that effect so much that when she turns that light on you, you're like, oh, thank you. Thank you so much.
1: No, but you know, I, I, I think we're saying the same thing is that it doesn't dictate the mood because she is such a great person to be around. It is because she is kind of top dog it's like by her giving the least it kind of tricks totally. you into thinking that you care more about her and i think when the women light up when they're in her presence it's like oh thank god bethany's not annoyed with me or she's annoyed yes with you're so like, right it's very much sense that you have to be her ally and it's like oh she's giving me her attention so and we kind of see that happen that evening where bethany kind of just seems to systematically go around and is determined to make the dinner as horrible as possible for every single person i've never seen anything like it
0: oh this dinner it's so, it's really, it's really particular. Mm-hmm. We have to give a little mention before the dinner to three things. First of all, Ramona getting stuck in the elevator in the house. Yes. Uh, in this wonderfully childlike. My favorite thing is the fact that the camera crew is there filming her, but obviously won't let her out or help her. And <laughs> there's right. a point where she she's kind of almost breaking the fourth wall and looking at the camera crew. Because you can see that she's like, how long do I have to stand in here yeah, yeah. and be like guys someone help me you can see that she wants to look at them and be
1: like can you help me yeah there's at least two cameramen and like a producer and a PA just like standing there watching her it's the same thing with Bethany and the fish like surely someone was like should we tell Bethany yeah okay that
0: is really crazy that they make a thing about the fish soup for no one to say like it's a film crew for no one they know she has medical requirements to be like Bethany that has fish in it Right. So very dodgy. We then also have Luann coming down in this kind of extraordinary wig. I don't understand where they get these wigs occasionally on the show that look so realistic because I know Tinsley has her whole like hair and makeup crew with her, but the others I'm assuming are doing their own stuff and yet Luanne looks like she's been done up by a film set she comes down in like a whole get-up
1: Sofia Vergara drag yeah right yeah.
0: right exactly
1: I still don't quite get why Columbia warranted a long wig on Luan no also
0: that. what does she she calls herself something as well but I can't remember she gives herself a name it is very like a drag thing she gives herself a whole persona and she's like hola chicas yeah I can't remember it's like Candice is here but it's not Candice so Already we have this like strange theatrical background to the dinner that Luann's like sat there in costume. And Carol might as well be because she's got this giant almost peacock feather on one side of her head. Then we also have Ramona in a wheelchair as well being sort of like carted around (laughs) to the dinner. So already it has this like very strange Mötley crew. Air Before they've even sat down. And like you say, all of this should have a level of fun to it. You know, Luanne in drag pretty much and the laugh they're all having on the way. And Bethany seems so resolutely determined to not have fun. So even the fact that on the walk to the dinner, she's like asking Luanne about her drinking. And it feels like she's just determined to go around and kill each person's buzz. Yeah. And like, even their mucking around with Ramona in the wheelchair is annoying her. You can tell. Anyone having a good time, she's a bit like, ugh, I just don't have the energy for this right now.
1: When she really hits the ground running is when she's kind of narrowed in on her prey carol, isn't it?
0: Well, I mean, this dinner is so weird because obviously this guy Brian that Bethany has, has planted in the car is talking to her a lot. So Brian comes up totally inorganically at the dinner, Luann literally goes, how crazy was that speed dating night? <laughs> and it's like, well done Luanne for like clunkily, like getting us from A yeah, to B. Yeah. Um, <laughs> at which point the women literally start chanting, Carol loves Brian. It's right. the strangest it very... egging on, like <laughs> Brian and Carol kissing in <laughs> okay, a and, yeah. and it's so unlike the show. And Carol is encouraged to enjoy this, to be honest, you know, one thing I will give to Bethany, I think anyone who has gone on a successful date, my, like myself included, it is hard not to come off as smug or self-satisfied or it's very hard to talk about having gone on a good date without sounding like you're being a bit coy and a bit like, even if, even if you, if I'd been on a date, haha, <laughs> and you were to say, how did it go? And it had gone well, even if I was like, Yeah. I would kind of come off a bit coy because it's like, well. Mm -hmm. So Carol's put in quite a difficult position, which is whatever she says, she comes off as quite self satisfied. And then we get this talking head where Bethany complains that Carol isn't acknowledging that Bethany knows Brian. Cut to 30 seconds later, Carol saying, Bethany's friends with him. And Bethany going, No, 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 I'm not friends with him. And Carol goes, Oh, Oh, sorry, I thought you were friends with him. because now I'm definitely not friends with him. And then the weirdest bit is Carol says, oh, well, that's how he described it. And Bethany comes straight back going, so you would believe what he says over what I might say? Oh my God. And it's the most combative non-thing. Yeah. You just complained that she hasn't acknowledged that you know Brian. She just acknowledged that you know Brian and immediately you're like, no, I don't really know Brian. And then the second she's gone, oh, okay, well, he said, that's how he put it. So she's purposefully gone, oh, okay, If you, you're right. If you wouldn't describe it as that, I'm. I'll I'll say like he said that you were friends, and now you're saying oh, so I'm a liar, and it's like. and you can see Carol just goes, "Ah, I'm not doing it."
1: It's such a succinct textbook example of someone twisting their friend's words and gaslighting them. I find it so toxic, so, and so toxic. manipulative. I don't. I honestly don't know how Carol feels. I felt exhausted watching it, and it somehow mm. ends with. Unless I'm jumping ahead, because I feel like a lot happens, as you say, in the space of thirty seconds, with Bethany suddenly jumping to the conclusion that like you just have some smugness about you, like you won some prize or something. It's it's kind of a consolation prize. The
0: consolation prize thing is is so rude.
1: It's so rude. Because
0: the truth is, even if you think that, that's so rude to say to someone who clearly they think that they've just had a successful date. Mm -hmm. So it kind of doesn't matter whether like you think he's a player or not. It's very rude to basically be like... What Bethany is saying is, well, I think he would have gone out with any of us because I think he's that kind of guy. And it's really odd that she's saying something as rude as that to Carol's face, but then in no way acknowledging, like, I'm being harsh. There's no concern. There's no care. It's just an incredibly rude thing to say. And I don't really understand how she can expect their friendship to get better in the face of that kind of conversation. Mm -hmm. What's strange is that I feel throughout the Cartagena trip and to be honest throughout the whole series that Bethany's so desperate for some affection or validation or something from Carol and the longer she doesn't get that the more she resents Carol for not getting it so the more she kind of punishes her
1: right
0: and consequently the more that you can see Carol is going well she's not the kind of person who's clearly going to throw her arms around someone and be like what's, what's going on come mm-hmm. on let's sort this out so Carol keeps trying to kind of ease back in by going well let's just take it slowly but then for each day she doesn't throw her arms around bethany bethany kind of makes it worse by pushing her away but more it's and also more.
1: even if carol were that type to throw her arms around bethany and be like what's wrong honey we know history tells us that wouldn't end well because we saw you know heather thompson in the berkshires right. and then bethany having a complete freak out yeah. and going my, my walls are up i can't i can't like it's insane you know it's like you can't you cannot win when bethany seems to be in this zone and it's so hypocritical like she's talking about carol being smug bethany as soon as Luan brought up the Red Scarf guy, I almost feel like Bethany told Luan to bring it up because it does feel so clunky. And as soon as his name comes up, Bethany's just sitting there in the corner, smug as anything, grinning from ear to ear. She's the one who's like smirking.
0: Well, even the way she says we're definitely not friends is about her being like, we're not friends. He's trying to fuck me. Mm -hmm. And like you say, she's like holding this, she's got this very smug face on of like, I know stuff about this guy. The truth is, A series ago, this would have been her saying, I'm really worried because Carol seems really happy and I don't think this guy is a good guy. But now the whole thing is turned instead as if Carol and Brian are in cahoots. To be honest, she's just in a right puss.
1: She's in a puss and absolutely is. And I don't disagree with Bethany's core point that, look, be wary of this Brian guy because he seems like he's a bit of a player. He's a bit of a Tom D'Agostino type. He's tried it on with three women in the group. History tells us that ain't good. But she has a habit of making these very declarative labels and pinning them onto people. So it's just, even though that core truth Mm. stands, it isn't true when she says that like, Carol's acting like she's in high school and she's taking him to the prom and he's her property and it's weird and she's never said that and that's just such a leap. She's gone from A to Z but missed out B, C, D and every other letter.
0: But that exactly, that's so true and also it's that annoying thing that the truth is, I just think Carol and Bethany just aren't into each other at that point, and that sort of Bethany sort of says that, but then she doesn't own that. The reason she's feeling these things is because she's just not into Carol right now. Mm. So she has this whole thing about Carol saying it's not that deep, but I feel like the reason Carol keeps saying it's not that deep is because she's being accused of being overly protective or overly defensive about this guy. So I feel like Carol keeps trying to say, "Look, it's not that big a deal. We've been on one date," right. and keeps kind of coming back like, "It, it doesn't." matter then she gets in trouble because it's like oh i know it's not that deep but then if carol does defend it it's made like well you're pissing all over him as if he's your territory and it's like i feel like carol's put in a position where she can't win absolutely. so what she tries to do instead is to go i'm just not gonna engage but then for the rest of the two episodes it's about by her not engaging bethany seems to keep like going off and hysterically crying right so to be honest When they leave that dinner and Bethany turns the corner and goes, ah, in the street, I feel that way as well. Yes, you just created that atmosphere because to be honest, that's how you feel. Exactly the noise you're making is you feel like that. Yeah,
1: Bethany goes, that was a slice of torture. And it's like, you're the torturer. Yeah,
0: because you're feeling like the noise you just made and you're making everyone else feel like that. Can we just acknowledge, talking about um, Brian being the second Tom D'Agostino, that Luanne has the nerve to say as they turn the corner, um, I would look at a guy differently if I knew he'd been texting my girlfriend for two months straight. Yeah.
1: And it's like, no. I beg your pardon. Better late than never, I guess. My goodness. Don't
0: even to go talk. there. And I think that's what annoys me about Bethany is that she doesn't even pick up that Luan said that and make it like she kind of goes, well, yeah, now and then moves on. And it's that thing of like, Bethany needs someone on her side. So I'm going to get into this um. More later. But like on this trip, she's got this upset. Like S- Sonia is suddenly her BFF and confidant. Right.
1: I just wanted to piggyback off of the, it's really not that deep. The thing that Bethany has a hang up mm. about where it's not only she takes issue with Carol saying that she then tries to make it out that like the phrase, it's really not that deep is something that only young people say. And again, is trying to use that to spin this narrative that Carol's mm. like friends with Tinsley now, and she's really frivolous and pretending to be younger than she is. And she's like, I know we're 28 years old. We uh, We say it's not that deep. Again, that's not true. And also Bethany is guilty of doing that as well. God, the amount of times... There was like one season where every scene it felt like she was going around and being like, it's sick, it's sick, this is so sick, this is so sick. You know, it's like, right. <laughs> like she's heard it off of her interns in the skinny girl office. Like, you are not one to talk. It's, but that's oh like, God, there's a perfect mental. example
0: of that later in this um, on this trip when they are talking about Carol wearing the headscarf with the hat on top. And Tinsley's talking about her fashion. right? And Bethany's suddenly like, I can't. I can't talk. I just, I can't. I can't talk about shopping anymore. And Carol's being like, no one cares more about clothes than Bethany. Right. No one talks more about clothes than Bethany. Even on this trip alone, no one has shopped more than Bethany. And the hypocrisy of her to suddenly turn around and be like... Oh my god! Is it all, all we can talk about is clothes and fashion? I can't, I can't, I can't. Is like that is just exactly what you just said. Where she doesn't seem to have like a core set of things that annoy her that she can stand in. Yeah, like she, she's yeah. Oh, Bethany really gets my back up in these episodes a lot.
1: Oh, for sure. I didn't realize how annoyed. I can't. I, I can't really remember what I was thinking the first time I watched it. I remember kind of being Team Bethany, but I think that was some kind of residual loyalty to her. I don't think I was watching it with an objective. You weren't seeing view. it I clearly. changed my mind. No, absolutely. So then after dinner, Bethany goes, oh, yeah, she wants to go home because she's in a foul mood in case you hadn't noticed. And then she's complaining about how the house is shit. There's no view of the ocean. And then in like this kind of like racist moment, she's like, where did all the cocaine money go into the house? And, mm. and that's the kind of, it feels like Bethany throughout her time on the show has always straddled the line between snarky and just mean and here she's Mm. kind of fully slipped out into outright meanness and it just becomes this hit parade of Bethanyisms but delivered with such venom and she's taking the piss out of everyone's outfits and it's kind of like yeah yeah, sure they do look insane but they're on holiday they're in Colombia but also they all like
0: they always look insane like that's the thing and it's like her complaining about the house and about like her feet being dirty and I think everywhere else they've gone and every trip she's made a whole thing of going I'll sleep in the basement I don't care I'm not into that kind of thing I'm not one to complain and to be honest, I think that if Sonia and Ramona were behaving and saying the stuff she was saying, mm-hmm. she would be like, what are you, you fucking spoiled princess? Like, exactly. it's gorgeous. It's amazing. And she's doing exactly the same thing.
1: Absolutely. It's
0: a crazy trip when Ramona and Sonia, well, no, not Sonia so much, but when Ramona's coming off well next to Bethany, it's yeah. the Cartagena trip is kind of upside down.
1: We see that there's then kind of like two factions where Luanne and Sonia split off to keep bethany company and try and convince her to stay out with them and bethany is saying in her talking head that like she wants this is the crew that she wants to be with because luann and Sonia they know how to have a good time and be silly as if the rest of them ramona's in a wheelchair carol's like popping a wheelie with ramona that you yeah. know they all they're all dressed like big bird like they're the fun like, group exactly like that, isn't that the silliest thing you've seen in your life and you don't want to have fun at the moment you've just shown us that in your behavior this whole episode so you've got to pick an angle and stick with it you can't be the arbiter of a good time and then also have a face like a slapped ass. if you're inexplicably totally. in a bad mood that's fine but it happens to the but best you have of to own it you just have to admit exactly. it exactly yeah. totally it's very annoying so, and then Bethany's annoyed with Dorinda because Dorinda told Tinsley what Bethany said about the house and Dorinda kind of makes the very good point when Bethany has a go at her saying why did you tell tinsley where she's like well to be honest bethany you're walking around basically with a sign around your neck saying i hate it here like it ain't a surprise to anyone yeah and that's the other thing you gotta you can't walk around making snide comments acting like a bit of a mean girl and then also end up crying and then say like say that you feel like you're back at high school and that you're being ganged up on and it's just exhausting kind of what i said before it then just becomes this this parade of like carol's a mean girl tinsley's her best friend dorinda's a meddler none of them are fun
0: it's like you say it's like an exhausting treadmill in which one by one she just again kills their buzz and she joins them all having quite a nice time and within what seems like minutes they all just leave because she's just turned up and made it miserable again
1: right right do you have anything else on that evening
0: no that evening i just think is so is so bleak but no my next thing i have is this kind of tirade against Sonia in terms of I just I just find again and again on that trip Sonia again giving this very clunky performance Dorinda puts it very well when Sonia awkwardly at one point kind of bounces up to Dorinda to to be like all the other all the other girls are saying that that Bethany is annoying but she's not trying to be annoying she's and Dorinda's like "I I don't know like I don't, she just doesn't have time yeah. and the truth is she would if it was someone else but Sonia's just inserting herself there's a talking head where Dorinda's like Sonia thinks that she's Bethany's BFF so she's inserting herself where it's just not she shouldn't be in At the end of the day, no matter how much she has anger issues and drinking stuff or whatever, the women do tend to naturally navigate towards Dorinda whenever they're upset to talk to her. And at the end of that first episode, I think we have Bethany has yet another kind of breakdown, just as they're about to go shopping. And again, naturally falls to Dorinda and is trying to, to talk to her. And to be honest, what I feel has happened is that Bethany is upset about being on the outs. And so she does the classic trick. We've all done it occasionally, mm-hmm. which is to try and kind of guilt people into feeling sorry for you and yep. liking you that way. So she's almost getting hysterical in the hope that she'll be forgiven the meanness that she's bringing to the trip by if she can talk about how like she's having a breakdown, that almost everyone will give her a break. And this is why I so think that what she wants is Carol to just throw her arms around her and give her a hug. I think ideally what Bethany would like would be to be crying in the kitchen and for Carol to walk in and just be like, Bethany, I had no idea. I would no idea everything was so hard. Come here and to give her a hug and go you're having a really rough time and i'm sorry and i haven't been there that's in bethany world what she would like to happen and instead what happens is she bursts into tears everyone is exhausted by it once again and so everyone kind of wanders off and as they're walking down the street sort of says it's a lot bethany like it's a lot right now what's happening with bethany cut to sonia immediately sort of skipping off to tell both dorinda and then bethany Mm-hmm. Thus, just stoking it and making it worse by going to Bethany and not saying, "I think the girls are just a bit exhausted right now." Instead, she kind of goes straight to Bethany, being like, "You know, they're all talking about you behind your back, and they're all saying that you're annoying, and they're all saying that you're you're doing it on purpose." It's so unhelpful. It's, mm-hmm. I honestly think it's it's so short sighted and so selfish what Sonya does, which is she just wants that light from Bethany and that yeah. validation. And she just makes it infinitely worse. She doesn't in any way her. She pushes Bethany further out the group by doing that. Sonia's like the Trump of that trip. She's like stoking <laughs> divisions.
1: You're so true. I think I just gave her a pass because I just think Sonia's a bit thick. I didn't really think that she had any kind of greater plan to it. But no, I I, I, I do see what you're saying.
0: Well, for instance, the bit that really bugs me is when um, Carol buys Sonia those earrings. And yeah. to be honest... First of all, Carol buys a very particular looking pair of earrings. And if you actually look around the dinner table later, a few of them are wearing earrings Yeah, Dorinda's like
1: got a pair on in black. So I
0: really believe yeah. that Carol did buy them each a pair right. of earrings. But it kind of gets twisted as if she only bought Sonia earrings to try and get information out of her or like butter her up. What happens is she gives her the earrings and then it feels like she basically is saying, why is Bethany upset? Because you're the closest to her. And it really, really bugs me that Sonia takes that, goes to Bethany, goes, Carol bought me a pair of earrings. Isn't that funny? Ha ha ha. And then is like and then wanted information about you. I just think I think Sonia actually has quite a lot to answer for for why I think Bethany and Carol go into that second go at like kind of argument making up in an even worse place than they could be because Sonia's just dropped. Sonia is Feeding Bethany more reasons to be, to find Carol insufferable right now. Yeah. And she had a chance to, in the same way she had a chance to say to Carol when Carol was there, like, to be honest, I think Bethany's really finding it hard that you're not around. But I think the truth is Sonia doesn't really want them to make up so I kind of agree with you I don't think it's necessarily like Machiavellian but I don't think she had any interest in I think Dorinda genuinely tries to bring the group together quite often right and I think Sonia just had no interest in doing that I think it would have been a totally different story if Carol had gone to Dorinda's room and said why do you think Bethany's upset
1: yeah I wonder why
0: well because I don't think Dorinda and Bethany are that yeah. close either at that Gosh. point
1: God, so Bethany really has just pissed everyone off, hasn't she? Can I just say another point about the breakdown is that, you know, not to take anything away from Bethany, and I'm, I'm, obviously she's going through a lot um, and the divorce is taking its toll on her. And I agree with you. It is a protective bubble for Bethany and it kind of diminishes Carol's issue. But on top of that, it Carol didn't have an issue until Bethany made one. And it becomes, it, it's very reminiscent for me of uh, Teresa Judice you know, when she kind of seems to do this a lot, where Teresa will kind of like spread rumors about Melissa mm. Gorga being a stripper. And then when she's confronted about it, it's then all like, I don't have time for this. I'm going through a lot with Joe, going to prison, you know? And it's like, okay, fine. If you're, that was my, <laughs> that's my Teresa. It was very good. <laughs> Joey. Joe. <laughs> spack me, Joe, spack me. Ah. So, and it's like, okay, fine. You can be distracted with, personal stuff because you're not in the right frame of mind to kind of mentally invest in mm. stuff but then don't be starting drama in the first place if you just kind of had had your head in the sand and you're kind of just going along with the program okay fine but you can't start a fire and that's then it, when that's it
0: like but it's like you said about the it's not that deep thing you can't go I just don't have time for this in my life right now and then when the other person is being like it's really not that big a deal be like mm-hmm oh I know it's not that big a deal but it's a big deal to me It's she just she's all over the place and the truth is right. also it's difficult because like you say Bethany clearly is having a difficult time in general on the show but it's not like they haven't all been going through you know Ramona went through everything with Mario Luanne God knows has had her her share of stuff going on and Bethany does seem to have the monopoly on always having the hardest time like it can't right. be competed with and mm. Let's face it, we've said, and and I have a lot of um, sympathy for her most of the time, but she does have a breakdown multiple times every season. So even this one in the kitchen, it's not like we're seeing anything new, which is why I think the women have the reaction they do, which is it's not new, Bethany, having a meltdown on a holiday in a kitchen or whatever over the fact that she's doing too much or she's burnt out or that she's got too much on her plate. So it is difficult because it's hard. It doesn't mean that she has less it doesn't mean that that she deserves less sympathy but I imagine that everyone's sympathy must be exhaustive up to a point
1: it's like okay she has a lot of nervous breakdowns but at least before they were kind of fairly well timed it would be like she's naked in a pool mm. it was like kind of a bit of an event in and of itself but it's like come on this is the first thing in the morning we're about to go out on this ex- excursion we're gonna go hat shopping and then Luan then comes in just to say like hey is everything mm. okay and immediately it's like get out get out I can't I can't have any more more people in the kitchen and it's like oh my god like it's so showily trying to yeah yeah, yeah.
0: absolutely it's and then the whole thing in a way I feel quite sorry for Bethany on this trip because she does get herself in a spiral where she just projects everyone and then she's on this shopping trip sort of vaguely trying to put on a good face and then just one of the most tragic shots of all three episodes is where Carol oh, yeah, comes up and is like yeah. oh whose stuff is this and Bethany's like mine and she's wearing the hat with the flowers and Carol's like oh it's gorgeous lovely and walks off and Bethany's just left in this kind of slightly blurred out of focus background like
1: Oh, my God.
0: And then she's calling Dennis. And then it's like she's saying, come and get me. And she's going to go home. And then for no real reason changes her mind. In a way, I'd have respected Bethany more if... She'd done a Ramona and been like, this trip is too triggering yeah. for me, I'm gonna go. Because it feels a little bit like then it becomes an empty threat of I'm gonna go, just to add to this sense, like I say, of almost trying to be hysterical enough that they feel sorry for and her. They and they go, No, Bethany, stay. Like, no,
1: stay, we love you. And then no one really does do that. So then she sort of has to go, Oh, okay, well, I'm I'm actually gonna stay. <laughs> like it's right, so exactly. So they all go out to dinner. And then, as you said, Sonia kind of sidles on next to Bethany and says like, oh, Carol tried does to a bit bribe of shit me staring. with these earrings, blah, 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 blah. And then she ends up saying, but Carol came to kind of pick my brains about how to make things better with you, which is, as you say, kind of all Bethany wanted. And then immediately Bethany kind of turns into this like jagged razor blade, brushes it off mm. and she's like, I can't, no, I, I I don't care. I literally don't care. I wish I care. I don't care. I, and it's like, oh, you But she does do care. care. She just shut the conversation. That's all you've wanted,
0: and oh that—and that's the thing—is that that constant contradiction is what bleeds into their next conversation, which is basically any—the uh, second, any time Carol tries to give it any weight. Bethany bats her off by kind of going, maybe we're just not into each other. Maybe we just don't want to be friends. Maybe we-. And basically going, I don't, I, I reject you. I give up. But then whenever Carol goes, yeah, maybe we're not friends, Bethany. Maybe whatever. Then Bethany gets really tearful and upset. It's and exactly. It's like, like, oh, you're good. I don't understand because I like, I've never lost a friend like this. And it's like, to be honest, I do get, I think Bethany's upset comes from, Carol does give off an air of exhaustion and being a bit done. Carol doesn't necessarily energise her wanting to get close again in the way that I think Bethany would like. I think Bethany's very intense, and I do think Carol's probably quite infuriatingly chilled as a person. I think, truthfully, at this moment, Bethany feels she's really lost a friend. And to be honest, I do think Carol and Tinsley have got close, and that, consequently, Carol doesn't feel the loss as much. I don't think Carol's feeling alone. I think Carol feels quite popular in the group, and quite secure in her friendships and I don't think she feels she's done anything wrong so I think she's in a place where she's like Bethany if you want to be my friend be my friend but if you're not into me then don't be into Mm. me and I think the problem is that Bethany wants her to want to be her friend like Carol's taking quite a passive stance Mm -hmm. And I think Bethany wants her to be actively trying to fix it more or involved. And so Bethany just sort of sits swinging between apathy and hysteria.
1: In fairness to Carol, it's not like this is the first conversation they've had either, is it? Like this is is the tail end of an entire season of the same conversation. And I think
0: Carol tries to say that about how like they sat down, they worked it out and she thought we were over it. And then she felt that there was still weirdness. And this is, I think, where we get hints of feeling like Bethany's done a bit of a jail and tried to extend this as their storyline when right. for Carol it was kind of done.
1: Yeah, it's and it's it's Bethany's argument is, I find it an incredibly sneaky one because it's all nebulous and it's declarative about how Carol's changed and she's distant and she's cold and she's not real anymore. And and it's like kind of how do you argue with that? Like, okay, fine, those are your feelings, but you can't prove that, I can't disprove that. And then she kind mm-hmm. of launches, Bethany launches into the same old guff about you know, like, you're you're the kind of person who says you're cool and, and thinks everything's cool and all the time and maybe I'm not cool enough for you. And it's such a leap of logic. And basically, Carol's just been cornered. Because she can't do right for doing wrong. And as you said, either she says it's all good and Bethany calls her fake or she kind of says, you know what, I've actually, I, I can't devote any more of my energy to this. I'm actually finding this quite draining and she needs to step away for her own sanity's sake. And then she's accused of kind of like dropping Bethany and playing into her abandonment complex. Mm. And I think that is the key with Bethany. And I think that's yes. something very telling about her. We've never really seen any of her friends outside of the show. She really, even on a show like this, where every season people get new allies and stuff she hemorrhages friends at quite an alarming rate i would say and it does get to a point now where you kind of think there's a running mm. theme here and it's always kind of bethany who's
0: she does she- but also she i think what's really hard she's also behaving in a way and who knows maybe if we were to go deeper psychologically with that abandonment complex maybe bethany is pushing carol away to almost prove her own that exactly. she's unlovable yeah. who knows However, the dangerous and difficult thing that she's doing is, to be honest, the way Bethany's behaving, if I was Carol sat across the table, why would you want to stay friends particularly? Exactly. She's not She's not selling her a friendship back. Right. And also, like you say, all this stuff about her becoming, accusing Carol of becoming self-involved or obsessed with how she looks, she really hones in on this thing about Carol having a new haircut. And it's like, Bethany, you had a new haircut yeah. two seasons ago that you were, famously the second it was brought up by Luanne like we said last time you were outraged at the idea of there being any kind of accusation of like it, it's so unfair like we've said for Bethany who is totally fashion conscious and conscious of how she looks and into selfies to go for Carol on this one like you say to corner her in a position where she can't apologise particularly for getting a new haircut it's really difficult because what the two of them end up doing and especially bethany is rather than to come to each other and explain this is how i feel and to explain this is how i've experienced the situation it becomes very accusatory which means both of them just become deeply defensive and put Mm -hmm. their walls up and end up spending the whole argument arguing their case and like contradicting each other's anecdotes rather than ever getting to the actual core Mm. of what they both need from each other and there's a really sad moment when carol goes to the loo for a cigarette or something and and then gives bethany this hug and says i really do love you and to be honest i have to i think carol and bethany's argument across this series and especially in cartagena is the most i say realistic i really recognize it I I feel like I've had an, I've had a situation like that with a friend where you grow apart. Mm -hmm. And I think it's actually one of the reasons we get so you and I like emotional about it or angry about it, whatever, is because we really feel that. And in a way, I do empathize with Bethany because she just can't get it right. She can't get out of it. And the truth is, in that moment, Carol gave her a hug. There was kind of an opportunity for it to be, to end. Mm -hmm. And then she kind of starts it again. And it's, it's quite painful
1: to watch. While all of this is going on, we should mention it's kind of like the most thrilling five minutes of television and the camera crew are working overtime because they have to capture two separate arguments happening concurrently at either end of the table. So whilst Bethany and Carol.
0: Oh, it's so weird. Yeah, we like miss half of what they're like. You never could have thought that their conversation wouldn't be like the main event. (laughs) Right. But for some reason, even whilst we're still filming Bethany and Carol, the sound goes up on Dorinda and Luanne, but we don't see that fight particularly, Mm -hmm. do we? It's like this strange one where we're just watching Bethany and Carol kind of bowing, arguing to each other, and a whole other fight breaks out.
1: Right. So then we we suddenly cut to uh, Dorinda and Luanne at the other end of the table, and Dorinda's on her God knows however many margarita that she's had the drink not the house manager and Luanne says oh how's the margarita and Dorinda doesn't say anything but she kind of like puts her sock puppet hand up in the air and does a bit of a that thing um to which Luanne goes oh she's starting da, da, da. and we're off to the races and Dorinda doesn't take kindly to this and suddenly it's like i'm not starting you're starting how you know you're not the one to talk i don't know do that I, way I, to me i didn't get a mug shot over it you know like yo you know you don't know me uh you know so it's a lot of all this and then rocky in the house yep and then she gets really below the belt and she's like i'm not ex-countess yeah i didn't lose my countess why you get another mugshot shot over it? i didn't go to prison and then throws a, like, knocks a drink over seemingly kind of into Luanda It's lap. not clear. We hear Ramona scream for some reason. So anyway, it's it's like a big shit show, basically. And it's like blinking, you'd miss it. And suddenly there's carnage everywhere, like a tornado has just blown past. And uh, I mean, how do you feel about this?
0: You know what? It's so funny. I I think the first few times I watched,
1: few times, <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: the first time or two that I watched this, you know, I, I, I thought it was quite a black and white case of Dorinda being, way too drunk and having a massive overreaction and Luanne being quite justified in hers. And yes, maybe as the next series goes on, prolonging too long, not forgiving her. But I did think Dorinda was kind of in the wrong. I have to say, I actually have slightly changed my mind on that. I do, look, we know we've talked about in the alcohol episode, of course Dorinda drinks too much. Of course she has a really dark side without, and she has a very mean streak that comes out and she hits massively below the belt, which Mm -hmm. I do think she knows although she has lost more and more self-awareness about that over the years. However, I don't think I really took in how I really feel Dorinda's pain. I think especially it's in one of the reunions that she's saying, and re-watching that scene later at the house where she's got, you know, the lipstick smeared across her face like the Joker, that what Dorinda's saying is, even if she had drunk a lot, that when Luann was saying she's starting that she felt judged as though Luanne was looking down on her a bit for drinking and that that really hurt her feelings considering how they'd all been there for Luanne. Mm-hmm. And I think we've talked before about Dorinda is that proper old school Italian, like she loves so hard, a bit like I would die for you. And even, you know, that very sweet seed of her giving her the... Um,
1: the prayer card
0: her communion prayer card, um, and them going to light the candle at the church and stuff, you know, you really believe the love that's there. So I think she's genuinely very hurt for feeling judged, especially on camera. And I think she's very defensive about that. And yes, I don't think that justifies the level of her reaction. But I think it made me understand more why right through to the next day and this continuing fight comes from not that Dorinda isn't saying sorry, because she does say sorry. And she actually says sorry multiple times. And multiple times she says it and really means it. But her hurt is that Luanne doesn't turn around and say, I'm sorry too. I, I, I. Of course I wasn't judging you. I adore you. And instead Luanne keeps kind of going, I accept your apology. Mm-hmm. You really hurt my feelings. Yep. And I think Dorinda's upset is that she deep down sort of feels not as loved by Lou as she loves. Because I think what Dorinda's saying, look, we've said it before. I think Dorinda would help you bury your body and never say where it was. I think her point is that she would never judge Luanne like that on telly. So whilst she goes so much darker than Luanne would probably ever go afterwards, she would never do the initial thing of appearing to highlight your drinking. Mm-hmm.
1: I think the argument to some extent is it feels a bit semantic as well, where it's kind of like, to what extent, what does Luan mean by she's starting? Does it mean she's drinking? Does it mean she is getting drunk or does it mean she is being mean? And I would argue that she kind of means the latter. And yeah, I feel like that is something that isn't, as we said before in the alcohol episode, often goes hand in hand with her drinking. But listen, we've seen her like scream to uh, Sonia about her vagina with a Diet Coke in her hand. I think that is more the issue. So yeah, I do agree with you. And I think on rewatching it, my view has shifted to be somewhere more in the middle. Mm. But I think that the other women, the defenders of, of, of Dorinda kind of simplified the view and want to paint Luan as what you would assume it would be, is that Luan's fresh out of rehab and she's suddenly a haunt, haughty countess again and she is the the czar on sobriety. And I don't think it was quite that. I don't think it was so much a drinking issue as just a behavioural issue. Do you know what I mean?
0: I totally agree. And I think to be honest, I think Luan's reaction contains more haughtiness to the things she's actually saying. Right. Yeah. To be honest, I'm kind of amazed with these women, the way that they are that they're so close that they've been friends for so long that Dorinda behaving like that I'm amazed Luanne doesn't just stand her ground and argue with her yeah rather than the way that she kind of throws a pashmina on and jumps yeah. into a taxi and then is sat in bed being like so horrible the thing she's and it's like oh for god's sake like she's want to just have a rant about it but instead it's all like so hurtful I have never like she has it a- I find that side of Luanne actually quite Counters quite like haughty right right and what bugs me is that i feel that bethany literally jumps into bed with luann in that moment sort of because she's on the outs with everyone else yep it sort of feels like bethany <sighs> although i do understand that bethany has quite recently experienced that side of dorinda with the the trip is it the puerto rico yes uh, yeah trip that they were going on so she i know she does understand
1: and bethany's had a hand in kind of getting luann back on her feet and kind of helping out with her publicist when that whole story leaks when they're at the getaway with ramona instagramming about the dinner and all the wine glasses so yeah. i feel bethany feels yeah, in her so own making it about fair. herself kind of way that she's involved in some way but i just think the women everyone i think seems to take a very simplified view of drinking and they, they're they all very quick to make the point that mm. luann is not the one to be talking because she is the only one who's an officially designated drunk and got arrested for it. And even then, I would argue, yes, but... Again, it's missing the point. When Luan gets drunk on the show, she fucks a pirate and falls into a bush. Those are kind of more or less victimless crimes. Mm. The only times, and obviously the two glaring exceptions to that are when she got arrested and when she ran through a field in a negligee. And weirdly, this is kind of the odd thing about the show where I almost don't know how to count that if that's canon because it didn't happen on the show. Do you know what I mean? But even then... If that was on the show, you do want to count that. It's safe to say that kicking a police officer is out of character for Luan, whereas Dorinda getting pissed as a yak and then mouthing off anyone is a guarantee, it's a consistent pattern. Not of drinking, but of bad behaviour.
0: Sure, exactly. I guess, I don't know, maybe Dorinda just felt very defensive of, I guess you hope that your friends won't highlight those parts of it or whatever. And especially... I think, to be honest, what we see is certainly in the most recent series, Dorinda's just so defensive around her drinking, but But, it's like, it's just, it's such a... But this is the other thing where it's um, like,
1: I, I get that she would be defensive and I get that it hurts her and I have no doubt that it does. But also this is bad behavior that Dorinda herself not only thinks is funny and charming, but she actively profits off of it. You know, like the amount of times I've seen her on Instagram trying to flog mugs and tote bags with clip, you know, emblazoned on it. I've lost cat. like mm. we've all seen it before and we all know the signs primarily because Dorinda won't let us forget it like she's she's integrated them into sure. her taglines like that is her characterization on the show so again it's kind of you can't really play both it's, sides yeah
0: speaking of did you enjoy my um, photo I sent you this morning of my Bluestone Manor mug that I was drinking oh my god
1: o- it's the f- literally the first thing I saw this morning it was ever so wholesome I loved it
0: I'm down the rabbit hole <laughs> so we get this this other fight and um And the next day I don't want to get too bogged down in it but we have another awkward breakfast where another fight sort of breaks out between Carol and Bethany again. And it's, I mean, by this point it gets to the point where it's like Bethany like mimics Carol at one point. It's become so petty and so high school and there's this gloriously awkward moment where Bethany's yakking off to Ramona about how she's oh. just not into Carol at the moment and Carol comes and sits back down at the table and just sat there whilst right. Bethany's talking about her. Just diatribing. It's I just... Oh. So great, and um, everyone's
1: in such a foul mood, basically. That Carol says, "Do you know what? Shall we just cancel mood. this excursion that we have today, which is going on a boat?" And ride to be honest, Pride even
0: Island? watching at that point, I think as a viewer, we're all so exhausted that we yeah. would understand if they did. Right. I think it's the show has lost any joy by then. It's just so miserable, but they decide to go ahead with this trip. And to be honest, it feels a bit like they realise these episodes are going to be really bleak. And so they all sort of put their big girl pants on and, and perform being in a better mood. And suddenly they're on, they take this boat to an, little island with a house on it and they have this day in the sun and in the water and there's a moment where they're all swimming where they genuinely all look very happy. There's an incredibly moving bit of Dorinda probably with a killer hangover Yeah, sat there and you know what Bethany has a, a real moment that I think reminds us as a viewer what there's to love about Bethany because she can be incredibly caring and she can be a great listener and I do think she can probably be a very good friend and she shows up and sits with Dorinda and really listens to her and there's that really upsetting bit where Dorinda says I'm sad I hurt Luanne and it it's really moving she's like I want to be
1: a safe person for Luanne I want to be oh yes yeah
0: yes I really find that bit very very sweet and um you know, yes, it's peppered. The day is peppered with some annoying things we've we've brushed upon. Brushed upon that that didn't sure, feel right, but yeah. let's just go with it. Who cares anymore? We're tired. And yeah, we have these moments like Dorinda kind of goes and apologizes again to Nuan, and Nuan sort of again takes it but doesn't say I- I'm sorry. She doesn't quite offer.
1: She doesn't meet her in the middle, does she? And even when they hug, I think it was before they get to the island that the first of the, the several apologies that happened this morning. Dorinda kind of jokingly says, "Oh, I think we both need to spend twenty one days away together, i.e. in rehab." And rather than Luan going, ha, 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 "Right," Luanne goes, "Yes, I think so." As if, like, "No, Luanne, she wasn't. Yeah, she wasn't saying she needs to go into rehab. You know, it's, like, it's oh, yeah, yeah. There's. Yeah, you know
0: yeah, it's got a weird, uh, and then and you know we've talked about already that moment with Bethany suddenly having a, a renewed hatred of the women talking about shopping, and so it sort of risks getting dramatic again, but they keep pulling it back. And then in the middle of this very strange impromptu performance of "Money Can't Buy You Class," right? They're they're told that they have to leave because the water's getting chappy, and. It's not clear whether they say they don't want to and that that's why they leave l- late and it gets, w- whether it would have been okay if they had left immediately or whether they do leave immediately. But it suddenly gets to the point where, isn't Luann like, my phone, I don't have my phone. And they're like, leave it. Yeah, and we just... get
1: a producer on the line saying like, leave it. We can't, we can't stay any longer. Leave it, Luann. So you know things are getting serious. Right. break the fourth wall. Like exactly.
0: That. So suddenly they're all on the boat. And we get what has to be one of the most dramatic sequences oh in God. housewives history, and for the first for the first three quarters of that sequence, I would say, it looks like it's all a trick of the editing making it look way more dramatic right. than it is. It feels like it's like fairly choppy on the water, but to be honest, it feels more a case of Sonia being really drunk and screaming, yeah. About like I peep my pants <laughs> and stuff, rather than people being a- Sonia seems to be crying, but mainly because she's really drunk, right. rather than because it's that scary. And it does feel like the women are are bigging up the, especially since Tinsley sat there being like, I really don't think this is that big a yeah, deal. Yeah, Tinsley's
1: the calmest one Which out of all of them. It undermines
0: yeah. the point they're trying to make. Right. Then we do suddenly get a sort of siren starting on the boat. God. At which point it feels like a little more dramatic. And then they're like, smoke. We can smell smoke. And you're like, hmm, this is this is actually and also like Luan falls over as she's walking. Yeah, she's like
1: is like thrown across the boat. Luanne of all people. And
0: suddenly. <laughs> suddenly it's like Titanic the experience. Right. Like it it does step up a knot and then stops filming, which is always super uh-huh. dramatic in the Housewives Canon. And then we get this strange retelling of what happened by all of the women in their talking heads it, it does feel like one of those strange sort of family dinners where everyone takes it in turn to tell their part of the story and to be like the machete you forgot the right, machete yeah, yeah. like yeah <laughs> like they've already really pre- like they're all using exactly the same language and exactly the same vocabulary and uh and we get this this super dramatic story about about the anchor being deployed in the middle of all of that and someone running out and slashing it with a, a sword. And, and
1: thank God it was attached by rope and not a chain. Otherwise, the whole boat would have capsized and they would, they have... would be dead. But yeah, crazy stuff. And oh my God, just perish the thought if we lost these ladies, these ladies in particular, like this couldn't have happened to, you know, Orange County. Like I wouldn't have thought anything of it. but Yeah,
0: exactly. <laughs> Give or take. <laughs>
1: this precious cargo here.
0: <laughs> I feel like Vicky Gundelson would be topping even sonia morgan oh in her reaction God, if <laughs> if they were on choppy waters with her ridiculous screaming at everything oh. load that woman anyway what i think we take away from the boat situation is there is this very sweet moment where bethany is kind of holding carol's hair right. back while she's being sick and i think it is a reminder that there is a friendship there
1: it's a bonding moment we've all had
0: to be honest i think it's really odd that after that three days it's almost what we hope for those two which is something bigger than them to happen to remind them that they are friends and it's almost the closest they're going to get to that hug Mm -hmm. that we've been looking for is a situation where they have to offer support to each other.
1: And the only thing bigger than these women is a near-death experience let's be honest.
0: Right exactly and I think there's no better place for us to leave it than with the glorious next morning diarrhea fest that hits 90% 90% of the ladies including Luanne gloriously running away from the table into the loo in the middle of the scene because it's literally coming out of them like lava
1: she is wearing a white jumpsuit as well like that's a dangerous game that's not something you can get on and off easily and in white no less my goodness and then they're all sped off we ha- we see uh, Sonia says that Ramona left a poop smear on the floor and Sonia's there's a
0: poop smear on the floor there's shit on the bed there's shit on the sheets
1: yeah Luanne as they're pulling away She's like, I left them a little gift. And then it cuts to some <laughs> poor guy washing Luanne's bed. Oh, my God.
0: It is such an appropriate end to that trip. But it is hilarious that they're literally wearing diapers on the plane. Yeah. Because yeah. it's that bad.
1: Oh, these women.
0: I've never shit myself.
1: Um, I'm not going to answer that question.
0: <laughs> oh, what a trip. What <sighs> a trip i can't believe i'm saying this james but next week is our last episode of (laughs) yeah i'm saying that like it's a surprise you know that
1: you firing me (laughs) we've got creative differences we're gonna go in a different direction um no yeah it's true we're gonna we're gonna take a little sabbatical um and regroup and um do some research uh before we come back um these women have broken us (laughs) i'm a shell of my former self
0: But we are going to do one last episode, aren't we? Looking back over, of all things, the reunions, Mm -hmm. the glorious reunions that they've given us. And I think also just looking back over our favourite moments of the series, plural, overall. Because we said right at the start, these women, the Real Housewives of New York, really are our favourites. And I'll be really, really sad to um, to stop talking about them each week. It's going to be bittersweet. It's been, it's been so wonderful. Mm -hmm. So I'm gearing up for that, that last episode of our series.
1: Here, here. Do you want to take us out? Of course,
0: always. Thanks for joining us this week on the House... Oh, that was a little bit too happy. Thanks for joining us this week on the Housewives Archives. Make sure to click... Fucking
1: hell. (sighs) Your last one.
0: (laughs) (laughs) thanks for joining us this week on the housewives archives make sure to click subscribe so you'll never miss a show if you like what you heard today go ahead and give us a rating and tell your friends about the show this is this what we normally say something
1: along those lines
0: yeah don't forget to follow us on instagram at housewives archives thank you for joining (laughs) we'll see you next time